reasonably leave him, of eyes scanning the room, desperate for more stimulating company. And so he'd allowed himself to be seduced by C.C., seduced and devoured so that the lion under the bed had become the lion in the bed. He'd begun to suspect this self-absorbed woman had finally finished absorbing herself, her husband, and even that disaster of a daughter, and was now busy absorbing him. He'd already become cruel in her company, and he'd begun despising himself, but not quite as much as he despised her. It's a brilliant book, she said, ignoring him. I mean, really, who wouldn't want this? She waved it in his face. People will eat it up. There are so many troubled people out there. She turned now and actually looked out their hotel room window at the building opposite, as though surveying her people. I did this for them. Now she turned back to him, her eyes wide and sincere. Does she believe it? he wondered. He'd read the book, of course. Be calm, she'd called it, after the company she'd founded a few years ago, which was a laugh given the bundle of nerves she actually was. The anxious, nervous hands constantly smoothing and straightening, the snippy responses, the impatience that spilled over into anger. Calm was not a word anyone would apply to Cécile de Poitiers, despite her placid, frozen exterior. She'd shopped the book around to all the publishers, beginning with the top publishing houses in New York, and ending with Publication Région et Maison Descartes in Saint-Polycarpe, a one-vache village along the highway between Montreal and Toronto. They'd all said no, immediately recognizing the manuscript as a flaccid mishmash of ridiculous self-help philosophies, wrapped in half-baked Buddhist and Hindu teachings, spewed forth by a woman whose cover photo looked as though she'd eat her young. No goddamned enlightenment, she'd said to Saul in her Montreal office, the day a batch of rejection letters arrived, ripping them into pieces and dropping them on the floor for the hired help to clean up. This world is messed up, I tell you. People are cruel and insensitive. They're out to screw each other. There's no love or compassion. This, she sliced her book violently in the air, like an ancient mythical hammer heading for an unforgiving anvil, will teach people how to find happiness. Her voice was low, the words staggering under the weight of venom. She'd gone on to self-publish her book, making sure it was out in time for Christmas. And while the book talked a lot about light, Saul found it interesting and ironic that it had actually been released on the winter solstice, the darkest day of the year. Who published it again? He couldn't seem to help himself. She was silent. Oh, I remember now, he said. No one wanted it. That must have been horrible. He paused for a moment, wondering whether to twist the knife. Oh, what the hell, might as well. How'd that make you feel? Did he imagine the wince? But her silence remained, eloquent, her face impassive. Anything Cece didn't like didn't exist. That included her husband and her daughter. It included any unpleasantness, any criticism, any harsh words not her own, any emotions. Cece lived, Saul knew, in her own world, where she was perfect, where she could hide her feelings and hide her failings. He wondered how long before that world would explode— He hoped he'd be around to see it, but not too close. People are cruel and insensitive, she'd said, cruel and insensitive. It wasn't all that long ago, before he'd taken the contract to freelance as Cece's photographer and lover, that he'd actually thought the world a beautiful place. 
Each morning he'd wake early and go into the young day when the world was new and anything was possible, and he'd see how lovely Montreal was. He'd see people smiling at each other as they got their cappuccinos at the café, or their fresh flowers, or their baguettes. He'd see the children in autumn gathering the fallen chestnuts to play conkers. He'd see the elderly women walking arm in arm down the main. He wasn't foolish or blind enough not to also see the homeless men and women, or the bruised and battered faces that spoke of a long and empty night and a longer day ahead. But at his core he believed the world a lovely place, and his photographs reflected that, catching the light, the brilliance, the hope, and the shadows that naturally challenged the light. Ironically, it was this very quality that had caught Cece's eye and led her to offer him the contract. An article in a Montreal style magazine had described him as a hot photographer, and Cece always went for the best, which was why they always took a room at the Ritz, a cramped...